previously on Searching for Ghosts. And Cindy just knew Casey was in that levee. And she went out there and talked to his wife at the time and wanted to see if we get the police out there. And she said, no. And then me and Cindy went to Huntington and got a map, an aerial map, because I don't know who it was. Somebody got the helicopter. But I was with Cindy when she went to the courthouse to get the aerial view for the airplane. That's what we were doing where the police weren't doing nothing. We was... Everybody was, everybody, well, too, I, I was with Cindy, and I picked her up. We went and staked out with binoculars. Cindy was also told by police that this boyfriend was not involved in her disappearance. The reason we're doing this now is, um, obviously, Casey's family. She needs a voice, and, um, personally, I'm tired of the, the starting and stopping over the past 20 years, and... Each year I get older, it, it eats at me more and more, and um, I just I can't let all this go. With the number of rumors that circulate this case, it's easy to become overwhelmed. Seemingly credible leads soon turn into conspiracy theories. When one follows these leads out, they soon have numerous people involved, either in the abduction or the cover-up. And the people supposedly involved include family and law enforcement. If you believe some of these theories, half of the city of Milan is involved. I'm not saying that there is only one person responsible, but my gut is telling me that it is fewer people, not more, who are involved in this. To me, nailing down the timeline of the night in question is the key to this. If we take into account the way Cindy and Steve have said they found the house that night, that leaves a two, two and a half hour window for this to have happened. Unless this was a random abduction, then someone knew she would be at the house alone. But no one believes that this was a random abduction. That is the only thing that everyone can agree on. Milan Police Lieutenant Jerry Hartsfield said that, quote, Casey left with someone she knew and felt comfortable with. Now, we need to find out who that is, unquote. And here's the thing. It has been stated that Casey stayed at the church longer than others because she was helping clean up. So it wasn't like it was set in stone as to exactly what time she would be home. That's why the alleged phone call from the church is so wildly important in my mind. Also, if Cindy and Steve were out that night, it's not as if there would be a concrete time that they would have gotten home either. So it was either random good luck for her abductor to strike when she was home alone, or it was someone who was around that night. That should narrow down the list of people, instead of expanding it like these conspiracy theories do. So the details of the night of August 16th into the early morning of the 17th are of the utmost importance, and the people who know these details aren't willing to talk to me. I'm Brandon Barnett, and this is Searching for Ghosts. Last episode, Casey's aunt Pam mentioned this. Somebody drove by there, and they noticed a um, a truck in the driveway, and in the carport, somebody was standing under the carport, uh, like up against the wall. 
and it just got their attention. I don't remember all the facts and details, but supposedly this person either turned back around and went back by and drove really slow, and they saw, um, you know, the person in the carport standing up against the wall, and then this guy in this truck, or outside of his truck, had one elbow propped up on top of the cab of the truck, and the door open on the driver's side, the other elbow on the top of the door, and was talking to whoever it was in the carport, and he said that this, you know, as he drove by slowly, this guy just turned around and just stared at him, and he said, you know, he thought it was weird. Um, that's as far as that went. But didn't recognize, um, didn't recognize him. No, as far as I know, like he wasn't able to, or he may have given a description or something, but it yeah. didn't, it didn't lead to anything that I know of, or I don't even know what the description was of the truck, or uh, I know they um, wanted him to maybe undergo hypnosis to see if he remembered anything, and I don't think that ever was followed through on, or or maybe you know he didn't feel comfortable doing it. So, you know, of course, all this isn't, I, you know, I don't know it all for a fact. It's just another story I was told, but that one was from a pretty legitimate source, so I believe that that happened. I just wish whoever that person was, they yeah. step up now. I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to start the rumor mill again, but this is just things that have been written down over since years ago so it's hard to remember every little thing but those are important details that we don't have this isn't the first time i've heard of this alleged truck in the driveway and you'll see maybe a little bit of that in one of the videos because uh, mike casey he's a little older they were all friends with cindy and steve uh cindy felt real strongly because she knew they knew where she was at in her routine. Um, the yellow truck. Okay, came up in the I gotta cycle. go. I gotta go back with this uh, because they, after Casey come up missing, Darcy and our friend took her to a black psychic, and we took Casey's picture down the Bible, and Darcy said Cindy just broke down because everything she was saying that he was saying was true, and he described his truck. And he described a pig farm, which there was a pig farm close to. Too, I, I was with Cindy, and I picked her up. We went and staked out the house uh, with binoculars and everything because of the yellow truck. What do you think about yellow truck? What does that have to work? Well, the only reason why we know about the yellow truck is because Darcan carried. Cindy to that black man psychic, and he took. But I mean, we know the boy had a yellow truck. Yeah, but we're going on what a psychic says. Yeah. I don't have. But what, there I was a know. reason that Cindy wanted me to take her. That's because she had binoculars. Been black, that's because she had been to the black psychic with Darcy and and she described a house with a pig farm and a yellow truck had a yellow truck and his daddy there was a pig farm. and they moved right afterwards but they could have been Cindy McDaniel in the August 15th 1997 edition of the Jackson Sun quote 
and I told them about an anonymous phone call about a truck seen in the driveway that night around 12.30 a.m. I guess they're investigating this. I don't know. Unquote. If there is one person who is more frustrated with the amount of conspiracies floating around and the lack of people coming forward with legitimate information in this case, it's Lucas, Casey's cousin. Lucas has already been helping me behind the scenes throughout this podcast. He was the one trying to connect me with Cindy. We've tried floating different trial balloons with this podcast to get people to come forward. We've shied away from talking about certain things in order to give people an opportunity to speak first. But now, we're going to take it up a notch. When Pam mentioned the eyewitness account of the truck in Casey's driveway that night, that, in my mind, set us on the path of another possible scenario with someone other than Mr. X. This is a path that Lucas and I have hesitated to go down until now. According to my sources, this is the path that Cindy was trying to get law enforcement to look into from day one. The alleged truck in the driveway possibly leads to another house, which leads to a couple of different people, neither of whom is Mr. X. It leads to a lesser-mentioned name. Mr. Y. Hey guys, Brandon here. I need your help. Searching for Ghosts is made on a shoestring budget. It costs money and time to be able to produce this. I don't believe in doing fundraisers like GoFundMe to support this project. I want to provide a good or service before I ask anyone to spend their hard-earned money. A while back, I put out a four-song album on iTunes and Amazon. It's called Left of Nashville. I recorded everything myself and am quite proud of it. It even caught the eye of some publishers in Los Angeles. So I'm asking that if you are enjoying Searching for Ghosts, that you would pick up a copy of the Left of Nashville EP. Again, you can find this on both iTunes and Amazon.com. The cost is under $4. I will have a link to this in the episode show notes. The way to access the show notes is to simply tap the Searching for Ghosts cover art for the episode. You will see the links for Amazon and iTunes. I appreciate your support. By purchasing the Left of Nashville EP, you are directly supporting Searching for Ghosts which will allow it to continue. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Left of Nashville Podcast Network. Mm-hmm.